Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Tuesday, January the 24th, 2023. It is currently 3.12 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. I want you to think about that. I really want you to think about that. I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. I am not coming to you live from a church. I'm not inside a church. I'm literally inside the studio here in my home, right? I am not inside a church. I'm not coming from a pulpit. I'm not coming from a pastor study. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming from anywhere. There's not a church. Well, the nearest church to me is I'm not affiliated with it in any way, shape or form. It's a, I think it's a Nazarene church about five minutes, maybe about four minutes away. And then there's the big mega church here in Abilene, Texas, Beltway, or we call the park, which has the South South Campus and the North Campus. And I'm about six or seven minutes away, maybe eight minutes away from their South Campus. They're like the mega church in town, but I'm not affiliated with any of them. So this broadcast, this theological uh, podcast, this theological broadcast, it's coming to you live, not from a church. Now, yes, this broadcast, this podcast is connected and associated with the church, and it's brought to you by the support of that church, and it really kind of falls under the authority of that church. But in a but in a roundabout way, I'm coming to you live, even, even it, put it this way, even if the church didn't exist, I think I would still be broadcasting. I think I would still be podcasting. And I still would be trying to do Bible studies and talk theology and doctrine. I, I, I still think I would be doing all of those things. And you say, well, why, why does any of that matter? Because I'm trying, at least I'm thinking right now because of a news article that I read about 15 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago. And I read it and I was like, you know what? I, I think we should talk about this. So I've been trying to just kind of process it. So I'm thinking out loud. In a roundabout way, because this podcast, this broadcast is not originating from a church, does that in a way kind of symbolize, capture, illustrate spirituality in 2023? In other words, are Christians even, and we can look at the culture at large when it comes to spirituality, but we'll talk to those who associate with Christianity or profess Christianity are Christians being more influenced, more instructed, more equipped, more discipled by that which, by other things than a local church? Let me state it that way. In 2023, are those who profess some form of Christianity or some connection to Christianity, are those Christians being instructed, discipled, equipped, informed, and taught by things other than the local church? Has the local church slowly but surely become more and more irrelevant, more and more 
less influential. It's lost its influence. It's lost. Could we even say, has the local church become even less needed than in times uh, uh, of the past? I think, I think we can clearly see that there were a time that if you really wanted Bible teaching and doctrine and theology, I mean, you really had to go to a local church. You could turn on Christian radio and depending on where you lived, you may get a couple of hours of teaching. Some was more music focused. Some would have some teaching. You had Christian television, but that was dominated by the charismatics. So you really, your options, you could go to a Christian bookstore, but for the most part, if you really wanted to learn and to be equipped and be discipled, the local church was kind of seen as where you go. And I think that, I think that's a fair assessment. Then slowly but surely, especially because of the internet, right? No question about it. Christians could start getting instructed and discipled and influenced by that which now it may have been it may have been that content may have been originating from a church, but in other words, the people weren't having to go to a local church. And now I think where we are in 2023, I think that that's becoming the predominant way. I think the predominant way that Christians are being instructed, equipped, discipled is from things other than the local church. I mean, I I asked this question, I believe it was 2022. It may have been 2021. I don't remember the broadcast, 2021 or 2022, that I had the listeners email me, hey, what has influenced you the most in your spiritual life? What has instructed you the most, taught you the most? Was it the local church or other things? And I don't even think one person who responded said the local church. They were like, this podcast or this broadcast or this book or this or this, everything other than the local church. Now, why is that? Now, I will, I ha- I will put some of the blame at the f- front door of the local church. We've been talking about it recently, right? Just over the last few weeks, we, we did a kind of a mini series, right? About pastors buying their sermons. Well, how is the church expected to be the source of instruction, of discipleship, of any, of equipping? If the pastors are simply paying $50 for a sermon series, then stand behind the pulpit and simply read the script, doing a little bit of ad lib here or there. And even the sermons they bought are not even well organized, not even really that in depth. They're pretty much a joke. Why would I go to the local church for that? Why? Why? We, we, we just reviewed a sermon yesterday on, on John chapter one. Supposedly it was an exegetical sermon that covered John chapter one, verses one through 18. And it was absolutely horrific. It was, it was, I mean, they, they literally didn't cover anything in John chapter one, verses one through 18, obliterated the actual meaning of the gospel of John. Why would you go to a church for that? Then this morning we reviewed a sermon or at least a clip from a sermon where obviously the pastor doesn't understand the concept of the Catholic doctrine of the immaculate conception. So why would you go to church for that? We've reviewed some really bad sermons and we're not talking bad just because we disagree with the theology, just bad in everything. It's just like some cases where we've, we've reviewed sermons where when it's over, I'm like, I don't even know what to say. Like, There was, it was just, nothing was there. 
It was words, but with nothing, no, that nothing of significance. So in those situations, if the church is not providing anything meaningful, then where are you going to turn? Where are you going to turn? You're going to turn to something other than the local church. The local church is losing its influence. Even in my own Christian experience, right? After becoming a, a believer, I was starving. I was, I was like begging for teaching, for doctrine, for anything. And as far as the church was concerned, Sunday school was an absolute joke. I don't even know what that was. It was a disaster. The youth group, was all they cared about is which next activity we're going to have. So where did I turn to? I turned to an elderly woman in her 70s, going to her house after school, sitting on the floor, and her basically giving me lessons on doctrine and theology and church history. Not the church, not the pastor, but an elderly woman. I found myself going home after school, if I wasn't at her house, with three notebooks, one for Chuck Smith, one for John MacArthur, one from Charles Wendell, listening to Christian radio. That's where I was discipled. Going to the Christian bookstore. My discipleship, even as a Christian, a Christian, and that goes way before the internet, was not, was not the local church. Something has been developing for a long time. And a lot of the problems is just the church. What are they providing? They provide lots of activities, fun, food. I think in most cases, the church really provides, and I know the church loves to spiritualize it. Right? This is the church's, the church loves this game, right? You can take any normal activity that people saved or lost, engage in that activity, right? So for example, a bunch of lost people get together on a Friday night, talk, have some food, whatever, hang out. They're just hanging out. They're just, I get together. Maybe they call it a party, whatever. Christians, they can engage in that exact same activity, have some food and hang out. And all of a sudden we spiritualize it like it's fellowship. Oh, this is so essential to your Christian life. No, Look, sometimes the church just provides relationships and friendships that we call community or whatever. We try to act like that something of great spiritual significance is taking place. No, you just needed a peer group to hang out with and you wanted some people to hang out with. Okay, great, fine, wonderful. The church now can give you friends. But is that where you're getting your spiritual growth and edification? I, 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 I think the church has been in a downward spiral in what it's providing. It's either providing entertainment. It's, and just think of all the money, the millions upon millions upon millions of dollars that goes into keeping churches open, paying for the building, paying for the programs, paying for all the stuff they do, the staff, all of that. And then Christians, for the most part, are not really being equipped or taught by the local church. Now, I know this is, they're, they're, it, it's difficult to how we monitor this because we've got to be fair. A lot of the content that Christians are being equipped by is being produced by a church, just not their local church. So in that sense, the church that they're being edified by well, has to be supported because they're the ones who's actually discipling the people. So is it is it that the church is not influential as far as a local church that they're a member of, but the church is still influential and the fact that other churches are producing the material. 
So maybe maybe it's not fair to say the local church has lost its influence. It's lost its influence as far as the people you're influencing are probably not the people sitting in front of you. It's probably the people listening to you somewhere else. So sometimes I, I wonder, who am I influencing the most? The people who sit in front of me or who the people listen to me online? Who, who, who am I influencing the most? I, it, it's, it's a weird thing to try to figure out. Now, that's 12 minutes of me just trying to just a stream of consciousness, asking questions and trying to process all of this. But here's what started it. Right, here's what started it. Um, let's see. This was posted today, uh, Tuesday, January the twenty fourth, twenty twenty three, uh, which is to, uh, which was yesterday. How come? How come they say it's Tuesday? Oh no. Okay. Okay. They just updated. Okay. Tuesday, January the twenty fourth. All right. Maybe I was reading it wrong. I thought. I thought. I thought I said Tuesday, January the twenty third. I'm like, no. The twenty fourth is a Tuesday. The twenty third was Monday. But okay. Tuesday, January the 24th, 2023, it was published. I don't know the exact time, but somewhere today. I just saw it just a little while ago, and here is the headline. More Americans say they want to grow spiritually amid growing openness to other faiths. Study. So they're saying more Americans want to grow spiritually. Now, that's not necessarily a great sign because what it's saying is they want to grow spiritually, but it may be wanting to just grow spiritually, but not really grow within Christianity or as a Christian. They just are interested in spiritual things. In other words, what may be happening in 2023 is there's an increasing desire for spirituality because maybe they've become unhappy with what the world, the materialistic world has offered. So they're looking for something more transcendent. They're just not looking to the church. They're looking elsewhere. Let's, let's see what this has to say. Despite a growing rejection of organized religion with fewer than 50% of Americans holding formal church membership, let's stop right there. This is the continuing downward spiral. More and more people aren't going to church. They're not a member of a local church. They're not attending church. Their church attendance, even if they are connected to a local church, their church attendance is inconsistent. And they go when and whenever they want. And so the the local church is losing its power. It's losing its influence. Now, many of those people who are not going to a local church are still benefiting from the teaching or ministries that do originate within a church. But here's the thing. If those churches that are producing the content are not supported, then that, if that then there's a good chance that content will go away. So sometimes I don't think people understand this. Like, well, I don't, I, I'm sick of church. I'm tired of church, but I, I'm listening to this sermon and this sermon and this ministry and this ministry, and I'm growing and I'm so grateful for it. Well, if you don't support it, it's going to go away because those churches don't stay open without people there. I mean, that's just, that's just the reality. Like if this, if this podcast, if this broadcast is, if it's livelihood, if it's survival is dependent on the Victory Baptist Church in Ovalo, Texas, if Victory Baptist, if people don't attend Victory Baptist Church and if the numbers decrease, decrease, decrease until there were nothing and we closed down, I don't know about the future of this podcast unless then people would have to start giving to this podcast. It, it's, it's a vicious circle. So in one way, a lot of people are like, I don't, I'm not, I'm done with the church, but there's still 
benefiting from churches doing the teaching. So you may be done with the church, but you still need the church in one way to get the sermons and the teaching. You see, it's a kind of a, it's a weird, like, on one hand, I want to say the local church has lost, the local church has lost its power and influence. But the church in general still has it. But less than 50% of Americans now are holding formal church membership. But listen, this is interesting. Even though church membership is on a major downward trend, this is what's, this, listen what's happening. Spiritual openness is on the rise. So the church, or we could call it organized religion, people are moving away from the church and from organized religion. Now, again, I still, I'm still struggling with how they really moved away from the church. Like, I still struggle with that because I know a lot of people who are like, I don't go to a local church. I'm done with a local church. I'm done with a local church. I'll get those emails. I'm done with a local church. I'm not attending a local church. Okay, but they listen to everything I do. All right, well, you're benefiting from a local church, just not your local church. Now, you do realize if everyone takes that mentality, then this podcast, a good chance, won't succeed. I mean, I mean, I, I, it requires money for this all to work, right? I mean, it, I, I can go through all the money. I mean, around, around between two and $250 a month for us to do everything that we do, provide the curriculum, being, a, a, being able to broadcast live on the just the Church One app, just the Church One app and Sermons 2.0, that's $50 a month just right there. Spreaker... To be able to be on Spreaker, that's over a hundred dollars a month, right? And then to be to, to send out our podcast on all of those podcasting platforms, we have to be on. We have to have Spreaker to ultimately pull that off, or we would have to try to change everything up. We're kind of so we're kind of so ingrained there. So you and then we have our pod page, and then if you if you think, add it all up, we're we're clo- you know, we're basically at two hundred and two hundred and between two hundred and two hundred fifty dollars a month. Well, I can't afford that without the church. So someone may say they're done with the church, but if they're benefiting from this, they're benefiting in a sense from the ministry of a church. So it's really weird the way it works. So I think there is a spiritual, there is, I think there is a spiritual hunger and there is a spiritual desire to learn even amongst Christians within the general public. I think there is a spiritual openness because I think many of, many of them realize the frailty of life, we had a pandemic. The uncertainty of life, we had a pandemic. The world's constantly changing in its morality. It's, the world is constantly fighting with each other. Nobody can agree on anything. It's confusion. It's conflict. There's war. There's death. There's disease. The economy, prices go up, prices go down. I think they look to the world and like, what is, there's got to be a meaning out there. So they are open to spirituality. You're just not going to stop by your local church. Now, that's where that's where the local church has to go to where the people are. That's why we place our podcast on every platform on the earth. That's where everywhere from YouTube to Pandora to Spotify, you name it, because the people aren't going to come to us. We have to go to where the people are and guess where they are. They're on the Internet doing what? They're searching a spiritual topic. They're looking it up. Bible, Jesus, life, you know, whatever. And if they don't find your podcast, they're going to find someone else's podcast. They're going to find someone else's content. 
But this is kind of the, the where things are happening. Let's, let's look at this again. Despite a growing rejection of organized religion with fewer than 50% of Americans holding formal church membership, spiritual openness is on a rise. With a majority of U.S. adults saying they believe in God or a higher power and want to grow spiritually. Now, this is according to a new study. So the church out, spirituality in, and a desire to learn about spirituality growing. Now, I think even many Christians are like, yeah, I'm done with the local church. But at the same time, are they really done with the local church? At the same time, many of those local churches, what are we doing to get content to the people? Now, some people are like, well, I'm on YouTube. Okay, well, congratulations, it's all you are? Like, and in many cases, they place that in, the, in a format that's like, it's only video. Well, how about you place your content in every, of the easiest manageable way so people can listen to it no matter what they're doing. They don't have to just watch a video. They can listen to it on audio what, uh, in every format possible. I, I, I think there, there's, there's a transition happening. I think there's a major spiritual transition underway. Let's see more of what this has to say. This data comes from a survey conducted in October 2022. So it really is 2022 data, but we're really, we're getting the information in 2023. Uh, uh, it was done by the uh, Barna Group, uh, the, the Evangelical Polling Organization. It shows that 77% of respondents respondents express belief in a higher power and 74% say they want to grow spiritually. That is a massive number. 77%. They believe in some higher power. See, they, they don't have it defined. So that, that doesn't necessarily mean Christianity and 74% want to grow spiritually. Now, many of them who want to grow spiritually or believe in a higher power, they've already flat out just rejected Christianity and they don't want the Christian higher power. They don't want the Christian God. I think, I think we can acknowledge that. But we still want to make sure our content is right there where they're searching for their ideas. Less than half of the survey sample said they are more open to God than before the pandemic. All right? So that's interesting. Less than half of the survey sample, 44% said they are more, they are more open to God than before the pandemic. So... It doesn't seem like the pandemic had a massive change. I, I would have thought the pandemic may have increased that, but it doesn't seem that it, it, it did a lot. Some 80% of respondents said they are certain or think that there is a spiritual or supernatural dimension to the world. Another 11% said even though it could be possible, they don't believe the spiritual world exists, while 9% expressed no belief in the spiritual world. All right, so only 9% said they don't believe in anything spiritually. So you still got the majority of people who are open to these concepts. They're open to these concepts, but they're not looking to the local church. They're not going to go to a local church. They're going to look for their information on a search, on a browser, on, on some search function. We continue. 
The findings are similar to a Pew Research data published in 2018, which showed that although 80% of Americans say they believe in God, only a slim majority of the nation's approximately 327 million people were found to believe in God as described in the Bible. So here's what we can say. The local church? No. The God of the Bible? No. Spirituality? Yes. And a desire to learn about spirituality? Yes, that's where we are in 2023. Local church, no. The God of the Bible, no. Spirituality, yes. I want to learn more about spirituality, yes. Now, what many Christians think is the way to do this is we need to debate. Like, debates will fix it. Or we need morality. And I think what we all we can do is just try to teach and say, here's what... Christianity teaches more than debates and arguments. I don't think the debates and arguments really work much in our society today. I don't know. You can can come up with your own view on that. Um, Barna CEO, David uh, Kinnaman, uh, I guess Kinnaman, noted that our new data gives Christian leaders cause for hope. Though religious affiliation and church attendance continue to decline, spiritual openness and curiosity are on the rise. Across every generation, in fact, we see an unprecedented desire to grow spiritually, a belief in a spiritual supernatural dimension, and a belief in God or higher power. So they're saying, look, man, the church, the church numbers are declining, but there is a, 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 an unprecedented openness and a desire to learn about spirituality within the culture. That, that to me, that to me is, is fascinating. I just don't, how do we, how do we make, how do we, and, 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 and we got to be very careful how I say this because I know many Christians try to look at like, how can we, take advantage of that. And I don't like that because that sounds like a marketing scheme. Like, Oh, here, there's, there's a new, you know, a new demographic. There's a, there's a new customer base. And I don't, I don't like that. Right. I don't like that. I, I think how can we get spiritual teaching and spiritual discussion and spiritual questions? How can we create a, a, an environment where people can learn? Like just, not that it's a it's a market that we can tap into so that we can try to bring see what some churches will do we'll look at this as okay well they're going to try to do things in the local church so that it will get this and i mean basically this will kind of go back to the 90s oh these are they're going to refer to these people as seekers and then try to figure out how to create a church that will appeal to these seekers but it's but it seems to be to me more of a marketing ploy and how to get people back into the church to feed to feed the church, to keep the church flowing, to keep bringing in the money and have the people. And I don't, I, I, I think many in, in this generation in 2023 are kind of skeptical and kind of jaded to that whole thing. Like the church sees it as, oh, look at this. We have an opportunity, right? We can, we can exploit the opportunity. And I don't like that. We can't see this spiritual openness as an opportunity to try to just keep feeding this monster of the church industrial complex. Now, I know maybe that is my own skepticism and maybe I'm too jaded as well. 
Maybe I am. Maybe some churches have the right attitude in what they try to create to accomplish, to, to, to help these individuals. But all right. It says the Barna CEO, one of the most, uh, the, the Barna CEO said one of the most inspiring features of the open generation for him is based on findings from the open generation study, which show that young people may be fueling the rise in spiritual hunger. That's interesting. Young people. Young people. Now, in my estimation, the church has been the last place a spiritually hungry person should go because the only thing churches want to give young people is moralism and pizza parties and activities, lock-ins, movie night, fun. I mean, if I took all the spirituality I ever got from a youth group, and that was the food that I was going to survive on, I would have been dead within seven days. It was an absolute, complete joke. And I, look, I don't care. The whole hiring a youth director is supposed to be hip, cool, and a friend, and who could barely spell theology, much less teach it. No, 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 no. So, and in many cases, the, the children or the young people are not really allowed to really explore questions and doubt. They're just like, this is the way it is, and I don't know. But it is interesting that we have kind of a, that, that, Young people are are the one driving this. It says, overwhelmingly, Christian teens today say that Jesus still matters to them. 76% say Jesus speaks to me in a way that is relevant to my life. And a culture that has generally downgraded the reputation of Christians and relegated Sunday worship and other church-related activities to the sidelines of society, teens remain refreshingly open to Jesus as an influence in their lives. However, the challenge for Christian witnessing to teenagers today is that faith is that the faith market is a competition from other faiths. Okay, maybe. See, I th- but see, I think I think the problem is. See, we're, we're looking. I, I think churches, I think sometimes these Christian articles reflect kind of, oh, see, there's young people. How do we witness to them? Like, how do we witness to get them inside the church? More than like, how can we meet them where they are with their spiritual curiosity and openness and then give them a place where they can explore and ask difficult questions and struggle and doubt? It's almost like what we look at, oh, how can we get them to say a prayer and then get them plugged into the church activities so that we can keep the church operating? Because for the church to operate, we need people and that people needs money because we got a new building. We got a new, we got a new fellowship hall. We got more activities. Um, It says, beyond appealing to teenagers, the rising spiritual openness could be a challenge for traditional Christian ministries. Our data is uh, on the rising spiritual openness in America, coupled with the open generation research, reveal a tremendous opportunity for faith leaders. The majority of Americans has signaled that they're willing to consider exploring spirituality. They're open to more than that truly. Now, here's this is sad. This is kind of dangerous. They're open to more that truly satisfies. Now, there's a danger there, right? If people are only looking to spirituality because they want something that they think satis, like they're looking for a, a, a need that they want met, Christianity is about truth and about salvation and about the 
Christ. So it depends on what you mean by sat- being more satisfying. What do we mean by that? Because if not, Christians will market this and promise that which the gospel never uh, promises. The challenge facing, facing the church and parachurch ministries is whether they're ready and able to meet the spiritually open. Where they are, as they are, he added, our data shows the church has real work to do to bridge the, the trust gap for people who are spiritual but not religious. All right, and then that is the end of the article. Uh, someone just posted this in the comments. It's also bad. It's also bad when you have super spiritual churches hand, handling or handing the supernatural and feeling-based spirituality on a silver platter. Well, very, very true. Very true. Very true. Um, in the comments underneath this article, there are, whoa, there's a lot. How many comments are here? Okay, not a lot. I'll read some of them. Uh, One person said three hours ago, this is the consequence of filling our churches with tares because of false gospels like decisional regeneration, word of faith, prosperity teachings, etc. Okay. um, I don't know if that, look, I I do blame the church, but I don't know if you can blame false doctrines. Well, the problem is false doctrines, many of these false doctrines that you just named at one point was where millions of people were pouring into churches for. So I don't hey, these false doctrines is what led to the down the downside of the church. I, I, I don't know if that's true. I just think the church is not giving people anything of, of substance or as it says, it's 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 trying to handle handle people or hand people this supernatural concepts that, that they that that doesn't prove to be true. Or a um or kind of a feeling-based spirituality that feels good for a while until the bottom falls out. I, I, I just think the church... I, I, don't, I struggle with, like, the decline in the church. I, I think it's because people... People, I mean, let's just be honest. People just don't need the church anymore. They just don't. They they do, but they don't. They don't need the church. In other words, they don't have to go to a local church. They can sit at home and get all the spiritual teaching in the world. But in one hand, they still need the church because that teaching is coming from somewhere. I think the decline has more to do with what is your local church actually giving you? And you can probably get better and more somewhere else, and you don't ever have to leave your home to get it. I don't know if I can blame a false teaching. They go on to say, it only goes to prove that even the unbeknown to the most hardened sinner, there's a desire in their heart to know God. The potential for revival is great and will happen. However, God's people must have a desire for more of God. So they're saying, hey, look, this is the, you know, revival's coming movement, which is always saying that. Um, I believe that they have a desire to know I believe that they have a de- the desire to know God, a God, on their playing field and under the auspices of freedom. Okay, well, I think there's probably, there's no question about that. Much of this spiritual hunger and much of the spiritual curiosity within the world, yeah, much of it is not, and the reason many of them don't want anything to do with Christianity 
is because they want a God on their terms. So I, I do, I, I mean, there's no way to deny that, right? There's no way to deny that. Uh, someone who's spiritually curious, Christianity can be very off-putting because Christianity is like, this is right, this is wrong, there's a heaven, there's a hell. And that can be like, if you're just spiritually curious, you're like, I don't want something that's so black and white. But almost all spirituality is somewhat black and white unless you just kind of just create your own. Um, uh, someone else put four hours ago, some of the people referred to in the seven churches and the, the revelations of our Lord Jesus. Okay, well, okay, never mind. I, when you, it's, it's the seven churches and the revelation, okay, of the Lord Jesus. The, it's not the book of Revelations, it's the book of Revelation. But okay, so I'm not going to go read through all of this because I, I don't know what they're even talking about. Um, says nobody, uh, someone else says, nobody wants to be told anything today, neither by anyone living nor by anyone preceding their lifetimes. They think being current is being intelligent, not by a long shot. So they value freedom, as you say, over truth and reality. All right. Um, and then they go through here. Now, this person puts the blame on um, evangelicals have drunk from the poison chalice of political power. Now that poison is spreading throughout the church. Okay. Um, I, I think that they're, I think the political alignment of the evangelical church, let's say with the Republican Party or Trumpism and that type of thing, has had a detrimental impact on the church as far as young, young people. Young people like, I don't want that political nonsense. Get that? No. I don't want to go to church. It's all political. So I think there is some of that. Um, and I'm reading some of these other comments. Some of these, I just like, you start reading them and you're like, what are, the, what are you even talking about? Um, okay, now this one. Okay, uh, this one just goes. This this is this is just kind of like I'm just kind of giving you some some examples of some of the comments. One comment. This is seven hours ago. When existing Christian denominations like Episcopal, Lutheran, Southern Baptist, and Methodist grow a backbone against LGBT, trans, female ministers, mega labeling, and abortion, uh, and instead become uh, become pro Timothy Romans. Will spirituality, open-minded, consider Christianity's narrow path instead of multiple positions as if it were a yoga alternative? Stand for everything, and, er and every behavior yields not only dismembering, but zero new believe believers, um, believer sampling. All right? So they, they believe that's the problem. That's the problem. The church is not strong enough against some of these things. I, I don't know. I, I, I take a different approach. I know I always do, right? I just think the, the uh, I think this article covers lots of issues, right? So if we look at society, this is basically what's happening. And I think that some of this is in the church and some of this is outside the church. Local church, no. Boom. Christian God, no. That's more from the culture. The culture is saying local church, no. Christian God, no. Spirituality, yes. I want to grow and I want to learn. That, that is where we are in 2023. And many of them are not even open to Christianity or to the Christian God. Because, in, But when you speak to them, many of them perceive the evangelical Christianity as being political and, and, and not really, they just see, they, they, they have, in their minds, Christianity is nothing more than moralism, 
nothing more than rules and nothing more than political. So we have to do a better job of helping them understand Christianity transcends politics and, and is more than moralism, right? So that's where society is. And I think that we can all agree with that. Within the world of Christianity, more and more people are saying no to the local church. They're still saying yes to Christianity. They're still saying yes to God. They're still saying yes to the Bible, but they're saying no to the local church. That's why less than 50% and, and, and church numbers, we, there's another article that people sent me that we'll, we'll talk about in another podcast episode where local, well, church attendance numbers are declining, going down, 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 down. So society, no to local church, no to the Christian God, yes to spirituality, yes to an openness and learning and growing about spirituality. That's where the world is. Within the church, there is a no to the local church. There's a no to it. Now, stay with me. There is an openness and a desire for spirituality and the Bible, and there is a reliance. This is the weird part when it comes to what's happening within Christianity. Whether they realize it or not, there is a reliance on the local church. They don't want to attend the local church, but they are reliant on churches putting out content that they can consume and learn. It's really weird because, I mean, I get those emails. Look, man, I don't, I don't go to church anymore. I'm done with the church, but I love your podcast. I love your podcast. I listen to every single episode. I love it. I love the sermons. I love the Bible study exercise. I have learned so much. Well, I, and, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that. But it's like, well, then you're not really done with the local church, right? Because this podcast probably wouldn't exist and, and, and sometimes I want to say, you do realize if my church goes away, then, then, then I will struggle and how to keep this going unless people give, unless people support. So I can understand, and I can understand why some people are done with the local church, because some local churches, there's nothing there. It's, it's either false doctrine or it's just... No, it, it's just empty words without anything. Like it's like the first, it's like the John chapter one sermon we reviewed yesterday. What was that? I don't even know what it was. It's like we covered 18 verses of the gospel of John. I'm like, you didn't cover one of the verses. I don't even know what that was. Like, what would be the point of going to church for that? And and look, I've struggled with this in my own Christian life. My, uh, my, uh, especially the one, the last church I attended in Nebraska, I loathed Wednesday nights. I hated Wednesday nights. It to me was, oh, it was agonizing. It was agonizing. All right. So you work all day, you come home, you got to get everybody ready, but boom, then you go off to church, you know, starts at seven o'clock. You're not going to get home to after eight. You got to go to work the next day. It's already inconvenient and, and, and frustrating, but I would get to church for literally because on Sunday morning, sanctuary packed out, I don't know, hundreds of people. But on Wednesday night, you couldn't even meet in the sanctuary. On Wednesday night, you're down in the quote-unquote fellowship hall in some metal chairs and a semicircle, right? Because half of the people aren't even there, right? And then you're there, and then you're like, I get a 15-minute devotional? I drove all the way here, got it for a 15-minute devotional. Then we had prayer time. But I would have rather, like, create a prayer list, right? Give me some teaching 
But some people love the prayer time because you broke off into little groups and then you prayed about, you know, whatever. Some people love that. To me, I was like, I, I, this is crazy. So I struggle with what's the point of even going? Now, I went because I felt like, you know, this is what I should do. But I struggled with that. So I think, I think, uh, I think when it comes to the Christian world, I think people are just like, I, I don't need to go to church. I can get this somewhere else. I just want the people to know that gets it somewhere else, wherever you're getting it from, they're probably struggling, especially if it's a church. I mean, for my own, for my, for my church, where we are today is the lowest point we've ever been in the history of the church as far as n- numerically. We, like we've had major times of growth where you're like, whoa, this place is packed. To times to like whoa down and and now when I say it, it's the lowest point numerically it's the lowest point numerically because it's a different world now like used to the people who were it was the same crowd for Sunday school Sunday morning Wednesday night and Sunday night the numbers very, there was almost no deviation that was the the truth for most of my ministry no deviation now Sunday school is completely different from Sunday morning right few people for Sunday school everyone shows up for Sunday morning Sunday night way down, Wednesday night, wait, and it's so weird. It's like, I've never gone through that before. I'm, I'm not used to that. Now, I saw it in Nebraska where you go from like 300 people on a Sunday morning to Wednesday night, you're down to 40 or 30 or 20. It's like, absolutely like, what just happened? So I understand that. So I think it's always been going this way, but I think now it's just like, I can get, I can get better. I can get better. I mean, just think about it. I, and, I, and I really would love for someone to just do this as an experiment. Just wake up one morning, grab a notebook and a Bible, cu- a cup of coffee or whatever you drink, and just sit there all day with the Sermons 2.0 app and just just go, just keep refreshing. And as soon as a live broadcast begins, pick which, Joe, which one, just listen to the live broadcast. When that's over, wait for the next one to begin. Wait for the new one to begin. Listen to that live broadcast. Just, and keep taking notes. And by say by 6 p.m., 7 p.m., figure out how many live broadcasts you've listened to and all the day. And just, just, just that amount of spiritual food. And even if you don't want to listen to the live broadcast, just keep refreshing new sermons. Just new sermons on the Sermons 2.0 Sermons 2.0 app. In fact, like, oh, let me just open up the app right now. I'll just give you an example. If I can open up my iPad. If I can open up my iPad. Okay, I'm going to go to Discover. I'm going to go to Newest Sermons. All right, Newest Sermons. All right, I'm just going to count. All right, I'm just going to start reading from New Sermons, all right, from Newest Sermons. All right, here we go. Uh, Prodigal Brothers, Acts chapter 20, 25 to 38, The Evils of a Murmuring Spirit, Living the Exchange, Part 9, Point one, the Holy Spirit and my prayer life, the good shepherd, the enemy, he sanctifies and gives rest, striving for holiness, the changed, the charge to stay faithful, praise God, the creator, an all-sufficient savior, the uh, insurrection of the word, chosen by grace, what John saw and heard, a blessed beginning, group evil, what kind of heart do you have, to Solomon from David, Psalm 72, the narrow and wide invitation, the second coming, Isaiah chapter 3, how to know you are elect, the seeking of the Christian, uh, something in Spanish, 
Will you also walk away the victorious gift giver, faithfulness towards the faithless, glorious crumbs, long parliament 1640, encouragement to come to the throne of grace, believe God's testimony, doctrine of God session two, walking confidently with God who provides, when it disrupts our lives, introduction to first John part one, what God hath prepared for those who love him, wake up and Daniel... I don't know what language that is. I think it's German. Uh, German. Why study Philippians? Wisdom and the fear of the Lord. A manner worthy of the Lord. Um, believe that's another Spanish title. Divine logic for life. A vision for souls. Love indeed. Um, believe that possibly. I don't know uh, what language that is. Humility, essential for unity. Why study Philippians? Get with the program. A day of beginnings. Fruit of repentance. Murder in miniature. God's justice will come. A new creature. The goodness of God. How to fear the Lord. Free from the curse. From shipwreck to safety. After God's own heart. I mean, look, I could go. It would take me a while to read all of the, I mean, I could just go on and on and on. Those are just under the new ones. That's like a, I mean, that's like probably three, four, five hundred sermons. You couldn't even listen to them in a lifetime. Like even if you, you could not. So when you have that much available. So I think the decline in the local church is, is associated with a lot of things, political. But I think within, within the culture, I can see why the culture has moved away from Christianity. So they're going to be no to the local church, no to the God of the Bible. I can understand that. They're open to spirituality. And they're open to spiritual growth. Now, we want to at least try to be there to answer their spiritual questions and give them a place to struggle and doubt. And, and I, they may still not want the Christian God because, only, I mean, salvation is a work of God, not a work of man. So we could get into that whole discussion right there. And, and we should not seek to manipulate or trick. We should just say, hey, bring your honest questions and we are willing to listen to your struggle, all right? But within the Christian world, so I think we got two things going on. It's the Christian world saying no to the local church. They're open to God. They, they like God. They're open to spiritual growth. In many cases, they still rely on the church, even though they don't realize it. I'm, I'm done with the local church. <laughs> and all of the teaching you listen to comes from local churches. <laughs> okay, so, so it's a weird dynamic. But I can understand what has happened. You've got that much available to you. I don't know what I would have done now that I think about it. I'm trying to think about what my life would have looked like. And I'll end with this. I wonder what my life would have looked like if I would have become a believer as a teenager in 2023. If it's 2023 and I'm a teenager and I become a believer. Now, even though I stayed connected to the local church as a teenager when I became a Christian, I still, all of my spiritual food and learning and discipleship came not from my local church. Now, it came from teaching that originated in other churches, but not from my local church. My local church, I was starving to death. I, I think, well, I'll take it back. My Lutheran church, I did pretty good there. I did at least I was getting catechized with the Luther's catechism. You know, at least I was. Now, I was still starving because all we got in that Lutheran church was Sunday morning. That's all we got. That's all we, that's all we had. 
So I, I remember being a teenager, grabbing a phone book, I know, dating myself, looking up every Lutheran church I could find. Do you, do you, do you have a service today? Like, do you have anything going on? Like, please, maybe something? Nowhere, nothing? You don't have, you don't have anything? Like, like, could you, could you do a service on a Sunday night? Could you do one on a Wednesday? Could you do something? And it was like, nope, we just do Sunday morning. I'm like, well, and then, and then even in the Lutheran church, I mean, your typical sermon in a Lutheran church is about 15 to 20 minutes long. If you go 30 minutes, you know, 35 minutes, many Lutherans will have a heart attack and fall over and die. And you have to have a funeral because they don't know what that is even like. So you're getting, going to church for about a 20 minute sermon. If you're lucky, maybe 25, maybe 30. I remember there was a Lutheran church in Fort Worth that I used to listen to online, and he talked about how much trouble he had when he first came there, and he started trying to preach 30 to 35-minute sermons. It was almost like a revolt. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the world? And I'm like, because I remember the first time I heard it, I contacted him. I was like, how, how, you're a Lutheran and you preach that long? I'm like, that, that's unheard of. I've been to Lutheran churches all over the place, and I've always, and like, how are you supposed to survive like that? You're going to get your spiritual food from something else. So the local church, in many cases, loses its influence. So I think we have, the world is definitely moving away from the local church. We've got that. Christianity, that we're in a post-Christian world where the world has become more, I don't, I don't want to say more secular, more spiritual. I think they're more spiritual than they, but they're just not Christian. They're spiritually minded, spiritually open, but they're done with the local church. Within Christianity, we have a trend, we have something happening, and it's like I, I don't want to. I'm done with the local church, so I don't know how we. I don't know how we're supposed to survive. I don't know how all of that's supposed to work. I don't know how that's all supposed to 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 to, to like. I, I don't know how that's going to sustain itself. So I don't know, you, 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 you put all of that together. You put all of that together. Now, I do believe the local church has done much to hurt itself with some of its emotional manipulation, crazy promises of, of power that never manifest itself in any meaningful way unless, you delu- unless you're delusional, uh, political hijacking. The church has, has done its own damage to itself, no question about it. But I just believe the underlying problem is, but those, those problems have always existed in the church and that you, people used to flock to the church. Remember Brownsville revival? People flocked to that thing. What was it? Uh, Lakeland revival? People were flocking to that kind of, and all of that craziness stuff was going on. So I, I, think, I, I think that there's always room for that craziness that people will flock to. Does it last? It always collapses in and on itself because it's all made up of lies and hype. But I think there's something else going on. You know, just why church? I can listen to sermons all day. I can understand that. So what what do we say? I, I hate to say this, but I just know this: wherever you're getting your spiritual nourishment, your spiritual food. Wherever you're being equipped, just know this, you better support it somehow or it won't last, okay? I know that. Local churches are, I mean, there's the articles about how many local churches are closing every year. Like every year, boom, 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 closing their doors. 
shutting down the building, selling their property. People don't show up to support the local church. Local church goes away. And if you're somewhere else, well, then that may be where you're getting your teaching from. Now, but here's the thing. I know and you know, I don't care how good the church is. I don't care how good the teaching is. They're easily replaceable. Because you've got the internet. You'll just find the next good one. Right? So... Like how do how do we how will the church survive in this environment? I don't know. All right, there we go. I just I don't know. I I I'm I'm still thinking it all through. I'm thinking it all through. But I just know this. For example, that church that I listened to that we did the review on yesterday, at least some, on that John chapter one. If I was going to a church and that's the and I drove all the way to church for that sermon. I would, I would never go back in a million years. And that's not even trying to be me, but I mean, I don't even know. Like you just covered 18 verses in one of the most theologically rich chapters of the entire Bible. And you did so in about 30 minutes. I, 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 I would be like, I, I would, I could probably have more spiritual depth stopping by the local convenience store and talking to the clerk, right? About spiritual things. I probably could have got more in-depth spiritual discussion. Like, I don't know what that was. So I so why would I go? So in some cases, churches do it to themselves. Yeah. I'll, I'll st- I keep saying I'm going to stop, but then I start thinking of other things. But I'll stop. Email me. I'd love to hear your thoughts. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. The culture has changed. Something's happening within Christianity where more and more are leaving the local church. The culture is already abandoning the local church. Christians are leaving the local church. How do we respond to a culture that's openly open spiritually but closed to the church? And how do we work in the world of Christianity where many are done with the local church? But they are still open to spirituality as well and to learning and to growing. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. We'll do more live broadcasting from the studio of the Theology Central podcast here in Abilene, Texas. And we'll do that, I don't know, somewhere in the next, I don't know. I don't know when I'll be live again. But we'll we'll find. We got a Romans seven sermon that we're. I have to supposedly review. Someone sent to me. I'm worried about that. I guess it's a sermon that supposedly says that Paul wasn't saved in Romans seven. So um, maybe we'll get to that this evening. That could be a lot of fun. So if you have nothing else going on this Tuesday evening, Church One app. You can know when we're live or just pay attention to the Sermons 2.0 app. But we'll see. I'll have to see if I can uh, download it and look at it and. We'll see what we can do. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.